You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, welcome to the Smoking Word. Welcome, welcome to the. What's up, everybody? We are back. The Smoking Word podcast is brought to you by CasaDeRock.com. If you haven't heard, that's my house of merch. Make sure you go there if you want to support me, you want to support the podcast, you just want to spend some money and get some gear. We have everything, shirts, shorts, hoodies. We got a lot of shit about to drop, so make sure you go there. You can also follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and go to the YouTube channel. I say it every time, and you know what? I'm going to keep saying it. It doesn't count unless you subscribe, motherfuckers. I love you all, but you just clicking in and listening and asking questions isn't enough. We got to put this shit on the map, so make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, repost, spread the word. We got to blow this shit up. But also, um, you could follow me on Instagram at HoyerRock357. Look out, we have a we have some mad boy shit dropping. We have a lot of collabs dropping with Omerta, with Pitchfork. So make sure to go check out those guys too and cop some of that merch too. You know, right? It's it's all about representing right now. And so um you could also go so go on my Instagram for everything Madball, everything Casa the Rock, and everything smoking word. So um, yo, glad to be back for 2021. Fuck COVID. Yo, I'm psyched about today's show. We got my old friend from one of my favorite hardcore bands, Eddie Sutton, Eddie Leeway. Yo, let's set this shit off. It's been a minute. The last time I saw you was in either Florida, maybe, right? Well, after I seen I remember seeing you in Florida when you did that metal fest in Ebor City. Yep. But... We did a winter gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, well, when you had uh, the uh, homeboy from a uh, monkey pop and that, but yeah, that, that was a dope show. I remember Dan was in with me. One of my steadier bass players at the time, Dank, who plays in Whiplash. And, yeah. uh, you know, the other cat behind show. the drums. You guys were good with that lineup. First well, time I was, saw you guys with that lineup. That was my single lineup. That was the lineup I did my EP with. Yeah, that's I, dope. That's dope. I don't bullshit anybody. I'm not going to, you know, book a tour or a show and call it Leeway. I call it Leeway NYC because I want people to understand that this is a new phase. Yeah. I'm the last of the Mohicans in this thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happier. I'm happier working with people that I appreciate or who appreciate and respect me. You know, I mean, we, we'll, we'll go into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a, I know you've done it a couple of times, but we're going to do a little a quick um, uh, 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 trip down memory lane on you coming up. Because also you guys, well, one of my, my personal writing and style, you guys were definitely a big part of that shit. It was always raw deal, leeway, Chromax agnostic front. You know well, what I mean? You know I how always, grapevine I, is. And I've always heard nothing but respect from your angle. And, and I'm honored by that because, like, you know, we're losing so many friends from this thing of ours. 
I'm a generation <clears throat> before you. Yes. And, you know, so I have a little more history in this thing when hardcore was still a very punk vibe. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. And that was the thing with you guys, you see, you were, I didn't, I, you know, I, as punk as I was into um, 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 the punk side of hardcore, it was, it was like GBH, which Discharge, which was hardcore. It was more than the, the punk rock. And I always liked cross, I liked thrash metal, but I didn't like every thrash band. And I didn't like, you know, a lot of the aesthetics of, you know, I, I didn't like the fake, you know, the too much of the costume. It looked like everybody was in a like costume. And dragons I, and, and the whole cocky, yeah. Yes, but, you know. but I always loved that the, 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 the performance, the, you know, they were always killers. They always sounded good. And I was always like, man, and, and two bands did that for me that made me say, okay, yo, we, how could I take that flavor and bring it into this lifestyle was Chromags and you guys where you showed you could have two full stacks and sound tight as fuck and still kill it at a hardcore show and not be I like lucky. I was lucky i was lucky to have great musicians yes the guys that i first started with you know the rhythm section didn't stay for long but me and aj held on to it we started getting better players yeah when williamson started giving us attention and love and we started getting past those you know cb shows and everything um the whole thing about metal, which drew bands like Chrome Eggs, AF, and the other bands between the uh, 85, 86 period when metal started being a key component to the sound of what New York hardcore was to make what was great about New York hardcore was we saw the sound capabilities out of metal and incorporating that into this street style that is hardcore. You know, and it 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 all just meshed. It, it was like a marriage that was going to last a long time. And it has pop. You know, what is it? Thirty five yeah. years. Yeah. years now. Yeah. We're in. Absolutely. We're in and that, and we're getting books. We get to yeah. tour regularly. We're getting to do a lot of things that we never expected to do. That, 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 that's why I wanted to, you know, especially a guy like you and being one of the bands that's a key factor in coming in, not like, oh, it's just a touch of metal. No, there was a lot of thrash in there mixed in with just, you know, flavor. What, you know, if it was like, uh, uh, there was no hip hop, but the hip hop flavor was there. And that's what I loved. It wasn't trying to be hip hop, hardcore. It was the vibe. It's the same thing Madball has. We don't try, we never try to be a hip hop, hardcore band, but our flavor comes out that head bop shit and well, leeway had that head bop shit it was like well, you know it your had, it fraternal had a, brotherhood your fraternal yeah. brotherhood was based out of graffiti yeah and that's where the crew thing came from and this is the thing that caught a lot of heads who listened to hip-hop and then found this thing going on downtown that was rough and rugged and it was like oh shit you know exactly. what i mean so that's it, what I wanted to go with. That's what I want to talk to you now. Let's go back to the beginning. Cause again, I want, you know, I know you trace your beginnings, but I'm I, I like to know your beginning more because again, I, I'm I'm my whole shit is I as I was always a hardcore kid and never a metal head, but I loved metal. But I always yeah. said, man, that metal shit 
is how like what you guys thought. We gotta take this is what you know, we take a little flavor of that. That just makes the hardcore shit next level. You know what I mean? Like components, different vibes. And I was thinking the same shit. And then when I heard certain bands, I was like, okay, they know what time it is. So I always wondered, how did you, like coming up, I, I never pictured you being, you guys, now tell me, I'm, I don't know, and I might be wrong, but I never saw you guys uh, as coming up on the punk side of this type of music. Were you guys on that? Or were you from the classic well, rock? When was your first show? And then I'll, I'll break it down for you. When was your first show? Like oh, my year? first show was in the 88. 88. All right. So that's when you came in. All yeah, right. I came in way, like I say, you know, I always say late, like the beginning of that third, fourth, I don't even know what you call it, that later uh, generation. You were right in the mix. In effect, Crossover was in, Metallica's already peeping matinees, yes, Anthrax yes. sold a lot of our shit. And I'm not I'm saying my shit personally, I'm but they came and they were mad influenced by what we were doing down there. Yeah. And, and we contributed, whether people realize it or not, and, and it's not just me, I'm not trying to ego up myself out, but a lot of motherfuckers saw what we were doing in New York, and oh, they yeah. were influenced by us the same way we were influenced by them. Yeah, right. you know. Let me, let me try to do this in three minutes or less. Yeah. Uh, I'm born in 65, all right? My father's in the life, but... He was also a film editor for WOR-TV when uh, it was still in the Empire State Building. You I know, remember WOR-TV. You know, he was Italian, you know, but he was a bit of a cowboy. That's why LCN never picked him up and, and made him. He was just too wild. Uh, my mom was Puerto Rican, German, and Irish. And, you know, she aspired to be a singer and dancer, but her dad refused to allow her to do that. Um, so I'm born in Astoria and I moved out to Long Island for several years. That's when the family breaks up, you know. Um, by the time I come back to New York, it's December 1980, the same night John Lennon shot and killed. I moved back to Astoria. Um, by 81, even though I've heard punk rock and I heard about a few skinhead bands, that's when I first started going to shows. You know, by the time I was 16, I was breaking night and checking out A7s within a year or two. Now, AJ was another Astoria kid that was checking things out and going to shows at night. <clears throat> and we always talked about doing a band. It finally starts coming together around the same time Metallica's Kill 'Em All comes out. Mm -hmm. And you know, of course, we're, we're going to hardcore shows, we're thriving, we're loving this thing. But we also come from this metal background, this rock background. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I'm the type of dude who at home was trying to sing, whether it was to Van Halen or the police yeah, or, yeah. The, or all the R&B shit that I grew up with. You know, my first record is ABC from the Jackson 5. That's my shit you know? right there. Hell yeah. So here we are. I was doing covers of Grandmaster Flash in local pubs at 17, 18 to get free drinks and hang out at night. Yeah. You know, besides, you know, going downtown, checking shit out, bugging out, you know, like we all do. We're all young, you know, young cats with too much energy. Let's, let, let's leave it at that. 
Right? Yeah, you know how that is. Right? Queens. So finally, June 1984, we get the opportunity to play with Gilligan's Revenge, which became Token Entry, and a couple other bands. And ironically, it's off Queensboro Plaza. I'm trying to remember the name of the club offhand. I heard about same, that spot. I never, you know, it, obviously I wasn't around, but I heard about that spot. Turned into a different type of thing afterwards. But this was the same place Kiss showcased and played their very first show. Wow. So it's like I got that trivia tripped into yeah. it too. Like my first gig is in the same spot Kiss had their yeah. first yeah. gig. Crazy. Go figure. Okay, now let me ask you. That was Lee on the leeway, or what was the that the? Because oh, the first the show was the unruled, but in yeah, a matter yeah. of months, we knew we weren't going to keep that name because it just didn't have flavor. You know what I yeah. mean? It was so average, and it would have been average. We had the choice of two songs, two names between friends of ours. Ironically, one of the names was Juggernaut. Ah or leeway. Now, I looked at the definition of leeway, which just seemed to be so appropriate for this movement. You know what I mean? Like even in the late 60s, early 70s, there was the expression, give me leeway. You know, yeah. leeway, the definition is a margin of freedom to do the things you want to yeah. do. I thought it was appropriate, even yeah. if it might have sound too rocky, like, you know, fast way or yeah. you know, something like that. I still felt like it was the right name for what we were trying to do, because I did not want to be the usual hardcore singer and just yell and scream. Yeah. You know, and I did have this early hip hop flavor, but it wasn't hip hop. It was rap. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, even though I was bicking my head bald with a razor, I was rocking kicks. Yeah. I wasn't the type who felt like, oh, I could go to the mall this weekend and get boots and braces and walk the walk. Exactly. You know I mean? No, for sure. Like, you know, and I could personally, you know, speak for guys like Ezek and myself because we grew up together. That's why guys like us got into it because. We weren't so much from the punk rock end of it, the squatting side of it. You know, we were neighborhood kids. We grew up with hip hop, but we like crazy music too. So we used to be, same thing, you know, us from oil kids. We'd have DMs, but we have triple fat gooses on. You know, you know, we I know, I remember the, I'm sorry again. I remember the first night I met Isaac. Yeah. I, and, you know, this had to be just around after recording Born to Expire. And I ran into him on the subway again on Queensboro Plaza. You know, I guess I was on my way back from the city and he was, he was smaller than me then. Yeah. Like I was looking down at him with his big teeth and his crazy yes. as Juco. But you know, I, I loved his energy. He came off mad cool to me. And then ironically, two years later, y'all fucking took shit over. Yeah, you know. You know. We were kids. Like, I'll tell you a funny story, and this is why, to show you what Leeway was to us. So, you know, like, you know already, when Born Expired was supposed to come out, and it, did, it took years before it dropped. Obviously, no better than anybody. So November we were waiting. January we were waiting out. like motherfuckers. So me and my boy, Beto, who played in, two, he was in Mad Boy, and he played in 25 to Life, too. So yeah. me and him, this is us in high school. 
we those numbers records in Queens, you probably know numbers. You know, that was the hardcore spot for us in our old neighborhood in Jackson Heights. We yeah. we, we your record came in, born expired came was in the box. And we're talking to my boy who owns the store. We're like, come on. He goes, Yep, I'm gonna put them up today. We're like, yo, come on, man, open the box now, because we were waiting. We got him. Why wait? Listen, we he, got, he was like, yo, I'm gonna hook you guys up. And me and my boy split it. Records were like $7.50 or something. I put up five. He put up the $3 or whatever. And I was like, okay, yo, I'm going to use it from Monday to Friday. And I'll lend it to you for two days. And we had it. We split Born to Expire for five. So you both burned tapes and you're all set. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, but that was like, um, again, that was like a, a special time. And it was, uh, you know, the record, exactly. It was the right, you know, I, you know, the, 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 the time it took that little delay, it may have sucked in some ways, but I think in the overall um, scheme of things of this music, I think it did it right because um, I, I, it was to this day, people copy that flavor because I think if it, if it, if it came out a little too earlier, I don't think people were ready for it. They were still on some punkish kind of stuff. Like you well, guys are kind of ahead of the time with that. You know, being most people I'm, don't give us the props like Anthrax made all this or, yeah, or this exactly. other band, and and because we officially did not come out until '89, it's like we were behind the timeline of what who created what. Now, yes, it's it's funny because by the time the album came out, right, everybody had rough mixes. You know, the rough mix got out early to the local scene. So people were copying it like a motherfucker. And yeah. you know how it is back then, even with your early singles, one person buys the single, right? And then 15 uh, yeah. other cats burn it on tape. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so much for record sales. But um, the other point I was trying to look at, hmm. People locally, or at least in the tri-state area, by the time the album came out, they already knew the lyrics. They were always ready to sing along to it. We already had a very powerful following. And the beautiful scheme of things is Crystal Williamson allowed us to open up bands like Overkill. Yes. And Blossom and Jetsam. And all those bands that, you know, guys like us are like, mm, yeah. you know what I mean? Is they're not 100% on our tip or on our vibe. And it gave us the chance to light motherfuckers up and steal the yeah. show. Yeah. You know, no respect to suicidal tendencies, but we opened them up one night with Sick of It All. Sick of It All opened us up. They, you know, at the time weren't as big as we were. Yeah. But they're the phenomenon now and have been for 25 years. But at this point, it was Soya, us, and Suicidal Tendency. Now, I was working at the tunnel already. And uh, the night before, I raided all the condom machines in the bathroom. So I blew up like seven bags of condoms into balloons. I had Jimmy Drescher. I had rabies on stage and a couple of other guys. So as, as soon as we clicked off into the first song, all these condom balloons blew out. <laughs> and this is the plaza. The place broke. The place broke. And we had a great set. We go upstairs 
and the doors open in suicidal's dressing room and the lights are off and they're not saying a word. They are quiet as mics. You know what I mean? So like that was an example of how we were being put in a position through Williamson to build our notoriety. And we got an early legend of being show killers. You know yeah. what I mean? And I thrived on that because, you know, obviously being as a singer and it started coming to point, I had self-esteem issues. I was an insecure motherfucker. You know what I mean? So I used to have to hype my little ass, my narrow ass up to get yeah. up there and be the leeway. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it, it was who I was and this was my energy and I was being true to myself vocally and lyrically. But, you know, you know how it is. Like when yeah. your first shows, and if you don't feel nervous even today before you go on, you're in the wrong gig. Yeah, yeah, of course. Your people. You want to please your people. Uh, and and I, I'm just grateful to have those memories and to still be alive here and to know that this music is still very relevant today. I could not do it myself. I was very blessed, blessed to have guys that were more than capable musicians working together to, to build this energy and to create this energy. And we had a lot of changes in and out, but yeah. we always delivered. We always made an Absolutely. effort to the envelope and, and you know, do something else and something fresh album after album without even give it a fuck whether, you know, people got turned off or not. Like you mentioned GBH and Discharge. Discharge was a rock hotel band for a while. Yeah. And their, their sound changed drastically around 87, 88. Yeah. And the singer, the singer started sounding like, uh, Gene Stapleton from All in the Family, because you know, like his vocal voice was. I remember the skinheads that night getting the garbage pails in the Ritz, which is Webster Hall today, and literally throwing the garbage at them until they walked off the stage after three songs. Thankfully, I've never been kicked off the stage like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, fuck that. I'll see you. Thank God. I mean, yeah, that's that's some type of fear. Now, let me ask you, Leeway, original lineup Leeway. Who's the original lineup Leeway? Is it the, the guys on the first album or you had anybody different before that? Now, on the first two demos, it was me and AJ. And on the first demo, I'm still using my Italian name, my birth name, Pomponio. Uh, I took the name Sutton. It was my grandmother's maiden name. Uh, seven Puerto Rican <laughs> and Irish women who, whose parents were basically, you know, their mom was from Puerto Rico. She never learned the language. And, uh, you know, great grandma, abuela. And, and she married a Confederate uh, officer. America. Out That's some American shit, real American exactly shit. Exactly what it is, exactly what it is. Now, what's the point of getting at? But the, the first two demos, you know, it's me, AJ, uh, a drummer, Sasso Matroni, who I'm um, still in touch with and very much in love with, you know what I mean, as, as a friend, and he supports me to this day, as well as Jose Ochoa. Um, Jose was the first 
of the two that we let go. And it was heartbreaking because he really wanted to do this. But, you know, musically, AJ and I were really starting to elevate with our talents. And Sasso was a bodybuilder. So he was having a hard time with the beats, especially in his forearms and wrists. He was starting to cramp up. Yeah. But that gave the green light to find the Brazilian cat, Tony Fantau, who was on the first Born to Expire album. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't really know hardcore, but, you know, we met him. We got linked up somehow, some way, and he just wanted to be like John Bonham. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, okay, bring You know what I mean? And he brought a lot of depth to the sound. Then we got uh, Zowie, Zowie Ackerman, who was in I haven't seen Zowie in many Part years, but shout out to Zowie. Zowie, I love you. He's he's living a very quiet life in San Francisco. He's not into I the I saw him 20 people. years ago. He popped up at a Madball show, like 25 years ago. And he was smiling as fuck. I thought he was dead. You know, there was rumors. But he was whatever. bronze, right? He was so tanned, he was bronzed, if I remember Yo, that time. I just was outside yeah. of, playing Berkeley Square, and then I see a smile, and he was living out there, and man, oh, shit, I was bugging out, because I, last I'd seen, I was a little kid, you know what I mean? And it was like, yeah, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, and a killer. That dude was a fucking monster player, you know what I mean? He, he, he went through a lot. He went through a lot, you know? Yeah. A couple of the women out of the very early punk scene were victims of Joe Ripken. I don't think many people know that. Now, Joe Rifkin killed the girlfriend oh. of Reagan youth singer, Dave Insurgent. Oh, and that's some crazy Dave, shit. Dave wound, up, Dave wound up ODing himself as a suicide because he lost his mom, and then he lost his woman to this serial killer. Crazy. Now, no offense to Zowie, his girlfriend and him broke up, but she disappeared. And I don't know if there's ever been any officiation on the case, gotcha. but there was a very good chance. And, and he was going through that, spending a lot of time with the police in the sixth precinct, trying to sort this shit out, where the hell she went. And, you know, that'll turn any motherfucker to drugs, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. You know, that drug shit, man, it's, it, it, you know, and, it, you know, it's crazy because it affects, we know it affects everybody. You know, it doesn't matter musician or not. But in music, it affects so much people because for two reasons. Half the times, half these half musicians, have, we have our own problems and we're doing that. And two, on a creative level, because I do believe, and this is what I was going to ask you about, because I know you've had your um experiences with drugs. As we all yeah, have. It took me 25 you know, years to get my mind really in order. I mean, I went into treatment in 95. I'm not a sober man, but, you know, I'm not sticking needles in my arm. I don't have a glass dick in my mouth. I never had a glass dick in my mouth. You know, that jerk off from Baltimore that everybody can't stand? Yeah. Who likes to email or leave comments, making fun of yeah. everybody. I'm not going to give up his knuckleheaded name, but you know he can't stuff. even get my drug of choice, let yeah, alone exactly. spell my name. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Speaking of, I want to answer that question. I want to answer that question for you. You know, when you grow up in a depressed environment, or like girls who grow up 
and wind up being touched by a family member or a stranger. Combine that with self-esteem and insecurities. And then all of a sudden you try, you know, weed for the first time. Okay, but you know, for most people with issues, that's just not enough. They're not looking at it as a medicine for anxiety. So they want to trip, they want to do bumps. Yeah. And eventually in this world, you know, there's more Oxycontin than there is heroin out there. And people start with the pharmaceutical opioids and then eventually have to go to the streets. And in today's world, you've got basically nothing but bags of fentanyl out there. It's a fucking crapshoot. Yeah. You know? I thank God that like, you know, by the time treatment started working for me, Oxycontin was only in the world and in distribution for about a year. Oh, yeah, you know? so. You know, and believe me, if I was still playing that game, I would not be here. Motherfuckers yeah, yeah. wouldn't want to work with me because I can't, I can't budget my finances. I ain't got fucking decent healthcare. You yeah. Know? You think my woman who's raising two kids is gonna want a cat like me in her life? You know what I mean? I feel I, you. I, just, I just feel very lucky and, and to have all these opportunities and to still be able to kick it with kids, fans that are half my age or, or to have the connections of great people helping me stay on the platform and grow from where I am now at 55, still having that, that opportunity. It's a huge gift, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I gotta say too, because, you know, again, being a kid, you know, um, going to shows, I, you know, I know you since I'm a little kid. I know a lot of people are little kids and, and we've also, since then, we've lost a lot of people who have had, um, uh, uh, a less crazy lifestyle than you and myself, and we've lost them. That's how I know we're lucky, both of us. And I know we both had crazy lifestyles, very crazy lifestyles. And and yeah. especially, you know, if it wasn't just with, you know, a drug thing, with a lifestyle, period. You know, it's all the same shit, the lifestyle. It's pleasures. It yeah, doesn't have exactly. to be chemical. It's the chemistry that breaks, goes off yeah. and sparks the brain looking at a beautiful woman and and, you know, intermingling with that woman. Yeah, yeah. It was that, that was the combination for me, bro. I was making too much money in clubs between Palladium and Tunnel. The band's blowing up locally and regionally, you know, and I'm getting all that props and attention for that. Yeah. So I'm getting club girls, whether they're, you know, bad girl debutantes from uptown or <laughs> club girls coming over from the bridge in the tunnel. Yeah. And then at the hardcore thing, that is literally how I got caught up with my drug world because I used it for sustaining power at night. Got you. And let, you know, let me ask you this. I think cats they, call they, it fucking lovely. You they, know, yo, we fuck lovely, you know. Yeah, yeah. Chemical now in let me ask you, did that help you with music, with writing? What do you mean, like the partying and the women? Like the drugs actually being high. Did you ever, did it ever come into play with your music writing and that? Like, even if it, and then obviously, even if it was, besides giving you, you know, a, a topic during a, a, you know, a downswing, okay, let me write about my, besides that, did you ever, because like me, we're blazing. I wrote every song I've ever written lit, but I would blaze yeah. and, you know, because it would help me zone out. It's like having, it just, taking the edge off and I, it would let me be 
open and not be um, um, judgmental to myself. Like I would let myself. And Still, I was I know- 25 maybe, but when I used to smoke weed and write, you know, even before the band started and as I was writing songs, you know, I thought that what I was writing was fucking fresh and everything. <laughs> but then after I looked at it so I was like, fuck you talking about, man. Crumble that shit up and throw it away. What, what's wrong with you? But my environment and the life I led and, and the people around me were my stories. And I think yeah. that's why it's not boring for me to even go out and do a leeway set nowadays because I am telling the stories of my life. Like, you know, the other guys play for other bands now, which is, you know, financially healthier for them. And, you know, we didn't get along much in the end. So, you know, this works yeah. best for everybody. Everybody's, everybody's working, everybody's eating. Yeah. Know, move and, and, you know, I, I don't like talking shit about them because we all created this. I'm yeah. not this statistical front man who's going to sit around and say, oh, this is all because of me. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people could turn around and say it's all my fault, which I know it's not. We just had bad business management and bad luck. It never worked. But all these songs are such a key story in my life that it can easily take me back. And it also helps me to emote the song. Because I look at my vocals in a blues-ish R&B type of way. You know, I am really trying to pour my heart out and and tell the happiness or the pain that comes from when this song. Like take all about dope for example. That's my shit that right there. Myself. I didn't write that about myself. I wrote that about a roommate, a very ah. phenomenal guitar player who had the world by the balls if he wanted it, but this thing took him down. And that's who I wrote about. That's, but, oh, that's my jam too. But give it, me- give it a year or two later, it, that's me. I become yeah. the song. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, Let me it ask is you this. Let's rewind. I, I have questions for me that I always wanted to. Okay, Born Expire. Because that's, that's one of my albums, you know, right there. How many, do you remember how many days you, you took in the studio recording it? You got to repeat that. You, you, do you remember how many up, days? So, so give me that again. Do you remember how many days it took to record Born to Expire? Um, we were up in Rhode Island. We were the first band to go to Normandy and Warren. After that album, everybody wanted to go up there yep. and capture the same sounds and, and the same production and everything. Uh, I'd say within 10 days, we did take our time. Yeah. And that went with desperate measures as well, because both those albums were done there. Adult Crash was done in Manhattan. Uh, uh-huh. We did go back up to Normandy to do Open Mouth Kiss, but not all the album, some of the tracks. But it was cool to be able to go up there, just be in a quiet New England town, yeah. focus on your album, lock out a studio that's known for different parts of the industry because like new kids on the block new edition and then like you know regular rock bands like jay giles or you know who who found that studio like like you said it became a staple you know that studio to this day bands will pop up trying to find tom source or you know 
recapture that sound. I know Tara loved that sound, Nick Jet, my boy. And um, who found them? How did you find them? And like that was Chris Williamson. Uh, you know, a lot of people give him a bad name, and yeah, okay, he handled the budgets. You know, whatever he got to spend on himself or save, as well as with shows or providing this or that. Look, the guy helped make us who we were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he found the right studio. We trailblazed being the first cats out of New York to be in that room, do what we did that inspired others to want to capture that same energy or sound, um, setting us up to be able to blow away bands that were the shit to so yeah. many others to get to go on a 12-week tour with the Bad Brains Quickness Tour in 1989 before they started having their breakup issues. Like the yeah. dude gave us all the opportunities to achieve what we were capable of achieving at the time, you know? And yeah. we had the ball to do it, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not as disappointed with Chris Williams as I am with say Profile Records and the companies afterwards that were too half-assed to really put us on the platform we needed to be on, Yeah, you know? And, yeah, and I know. I think you know by now, like whatever goes on in business, as long as you could recover and move on, you still have longevity. You still have people wanting to come out and see your songs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I know you got kids going to shows that are younger than said it all. Yeah, oh yeah, you know no, for I mean? sure. You know, it's generation, you know, that's generation. a beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know, because most kids that age. Once they know how old we are, we think they want to kick with us. I know. There's gotta be some connection. Yes. And we're blessed with that connection. You oh, know? I know. And that's one thing I learned, you know, um, Madball, we've been lucky with it, and not just lucky, is also how we live. It's coming up from the the, the the AF school, the school of agnostic front and of stigma and Roger. You know, they don't like those guys did with us. I talk about it and I will talk about it to the day I die. I was a little kid going to shows with my, my boys and Stigma would come right in the cypher and be like, what's up, fellas? And Blaze with us and drink. And Roger would come, yo, you guys going in the show, not knowing us. Now we're standing there, little kids, and you got Vinny Stigma, you know, in a cypher with you guys kicking it. They never looked at it, uh, oh, you little kids and kind of rock star shit. And then... Being in the band, but that's a and shot young, with having guys like that encouraging you to keep yes. moving forward and do your thing. And the other thing, you know, both Roger and Vinny, and I was, it's probably a little more Roger, they learned a lot from the business and it helped yes. them to take charge to, to build their brand, you know, without the intention, you know what I mean? Because exactly. it's, not, it's not supposed to be about business. Nigga, how, how do you survive? If you're exactly. not business savvy, you know, exactly. but, you know, Roger picked up a lot and having Freddie as his younger brother, y'all were in the right place yes. to, to, to be yourselves, create your thing, show it to the world with pride, but also be smart about how to capitalize yes. on this because look if you don't capitalize on it somebody else is gonna yes 
And we have no choice. You know like, what I mean? It's, what, so it's like, am I here to get this? raped? Yes. Or am I here to, to do my thing and be properly yes. compensated? Because that's what yeah. it's supplemental income. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and, and that's know, why I'm glad to come up the way we did from that era because, and again, that was referring to those guys never, they always had, if they needed a new guy, they always got a new blood in the band. They never were like, oh, some new Jack. They were like, no, this is the next generation. We Let's listen to what these kids got to say. And that's how we like, learned. That's how we get a lot of love from the newer generation because we have these bands that are popping now. We took them out early on. But are we hating because they passed us or something? No, I'm glad. Now you take us on tour. Now you say hardcore when you do an interview for, you know, Rolling Stones. Yo, it's a win for everybody. You know what I mean? Our whole shit is to elevate the whole movement because we all live in this movement. You know what I mean? All of us. We all, like, I've, I have I've my children, you know, because of this movement. I, my, my life, I feed them because of this. You know, what I have fun, my friends, what we do here is all because of this. It's all because of this crazy music we're part of. You know, it's a special it's thing. It's really crazy. we trying to do to, to eat in another way. We, we might be sticking our necks out and looking at time because, yeah. you know, we don't have something that is cathartic. Uh, it, it, the pleasing word I'm looking for. It's very satisfying to be able to go out and do this art, as corny as that may sound, you know what I mean? Because yes. hardcore is supposed to not have all those layers of bullshit that, that is entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No, no, if, I get it. And if the ego isn't real, you're going to get checked. Yeah. You're not, you, you, you know. You know what was one of the greatest leeway shows I've seen? And it was it's pretty funny because it, it was the Super Bowl. You had the skeleton suit on. You you had the skeletons. It was that one, but you know it was the best part, the funny part of it. So I was at the show with MQ, and I'm like, I MQ's like, yeah, I'm gonna go get a drink, and I don't see him for a fucking an hour, for like a half hour. I'm like, where is this motherfucker? And you're playing, you guys are playing, and you ran off the stage. You had a wireless mic, and you went to the balcony, and you were standing on a table. Well, guess what? Who was sitting at that table was MQ. I look up and he's right by your feet, sitting on the table having a drink. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Crazy. That was one of the better shows with the skeleton outfit. It was it the Super Bowl or you sure that wasn't the Overkill show? I, I think it was the Super Bowl because I don't think I seen you Overkill, but I want to say it was the Super Bowl. I just know for a fact you went on the balcony with a wireless. And because I, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh shit, this nigga's bugging. And you are on like standing on a table and MQ, you were standing on basically the table MQ was sitting at. He, he got uh, up and there and was MQ, drinking. MQ was hanging out probably either at the same table or one table over with Kirk Hammett, James Hetfield, Scotty <laughs> Ian. Exactly. And some industry guy. I'm doing the set, watching my band from that center stage up on the top rise. Yeah. And eating me kamikazes the whole time. Yeah, it was crazy. because That's, that's a high saying. note. But let me tell you something else. When I did the great. Super Bowl show, when I did the Super Bowl show, five days earlier, I got busted on Delancey Street. Ah. And I spent four days in the tombs kicking like a motherfucker, bro. That must AJ, have been rough. AJ did the WNYU radio show. And like, he's on the air going, Eddie, 
I don't know where you are, but I hope you make it to the show. You know, <laughs> crazy. I had nobody to get in touch with. I literally got out the morning of that gig, crawled to my mom's house, took a two-hour hot bath, made my way to the show, and spent most of the night under the table in the headliner <laughs> backstage area. You know what I mean? Crazy, but, crazy. That was you know, in, in that position, a person would be so desperate to go cop and get straight at that time. And by the grace of God, that night, I did that show very sober. And uh, I was very humble that night, too, and, and very open about, you know, just being blessed. And I don't know really what I said exactly to the audience that night, but it was such a challenge for me to go there. And that was supposed to be the uh, like celebratory show because here it is the start of the new year and the album's about to drop finally in 1989. And here I am, I was kicked into the gutter and in the sewers, sewers of the tombs for four days because a motherfucking boy. You know, the uh, other thing I think, God, a lot of people think I might have been like a Gabon when it came to drugs. My habit was always very small. I couldn't really afford to do the shit that other people were doing, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think if I was more caught up with drugs than the, the, the way people assume, I would have been dead. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big guy. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. You know, yeah, no, out of all your albums right now, you had to pick one album and and and, and not just your more your, out of the leeway records, the, not the latest stuff yeah. from the, the older stuff, and not because it was the latest stuff you did being the closest to what you're into now. If you had to pick a perfect representation from the old band, one of the albums from the open mouth kids to the you know, the the, the first albums, you know. Out of those records, what's the, the which record you picked that you're like, okay, yo, that's that's my record. Oh, yeah. that. I can't pick one. I love Gimme two. We, I, I you know, want to expire because we kicked the door in and started slapping motherfuckers all over the place with what we came with. But by the time it was over in ninety-five, open mouth kiss, open mouth kiss reveals the musicianship an evolution of the songwriting techniques that mainly me and AJ did. Because Pokey yeah. was on three of the four albums. Yeah. On drums, you know what I mean? So he's included in that. Jimmy was on like the last two albums. And, and yeah. really the, the core that really made the band through those four discographies is me, AJ, and Pokey. You know? Yeah. And... You know, again, when I look back on it, I see how we had so many opportunities to, to have more recognition, but this industry is very cruel as far as who gets propped up and who doesn't get propped up. But yeah. the fact that I can go out and do shows today and I can have people come up to me and tell me how the music and especially the lyrics have helped change their lives and help them cope and endure through their own things. So like sit and talk to a 24 year old meth head, yeah. you know, and have him tell me how this song or that song touched him and helped him to evolve and change and grow. 
you know, is, is really what it is because for my thing now, it's more about a social connection. It, yeah. You know, it's not just doing the show to get paid and sell merch and do all these other things. You know, that connection is really what makes it worthwhile to keep going. Not just going to see old friends when I get to this town or this country. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. that full connection and seeing the same fire in their eyes that we had in the beginning. But now we're just fathers. We, you know, yeah. we were kids, we became fathers to this thing. You know, so it's very important for us to put an arm around these kids and show them the proper way because most of them don't even really know how to act. Facts. They don't even, they don't even understand the code. They want to get down with this group of people or this fraternal order, but they don't even understand a code. They don't yep. even understand how to carry themselves. They yep. just just go by things. You know what I mean? I see fights at shows, especially when you see it with the youngest scene. It reminds me of junior high school when the yep. kids are getting out and they know there's going to be a fight on the school lawn. Yeah, Everybody's rousing yeah, in a circle and there's a couple of kids jumping around like fucking frothing monkeys. You know what I mean? Just to see a fight. You know, and, and, you know, that soap opera, even back in the day when shit was rough and rugged, is only a fraction of what this thing really is, man. Yeah. You know, and guys like us that are still alive and are still at it, we, we've got to try to, you know, show them the way, give them the code, let them understand. Yes. You know, and, and always. You know, I, I've been blessed with people reaching out to me through the last decade, asking for help as far as recovery and, and getting their lives back in order. And and these are a lot of the main reasons why I want my podcast to get steady again. I had everything going really well before the pandemic, but I settled in where I live now, which is in South Virginia, you know, because you know, this shit it just turned us all upside down. Yeah. I was never politically conscious until yeah. just this past year. Yeah, yeah, you know no, I mean? shit's crazy. Shit's crazy. Well, uh, never affected my life. You know yeah. what I mean? And I've been around since LBJ, Nixon, you know, into Jimmy Carter, Reagan, to Bush, yeah. to Clinton, to Bush, Obama, to this motherfucker now, you know what I yeah. mean? And and none of these guys ever affected my life the way this chump, because I can't call him by his real name. And 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 you know, I, I can't help needing to, yeah. to speak my mind about this. And I've lost followers, but yeah, I, it's crazy I've also maintained it. I'm not under my numbers. I but but quite a few people who walked away from me because. I have nothing positive to say about this chum. Yeah. No, but this is the whole shit what I say. You know, America, you like who you like and hate who you want to hate. But if you're going to be vocal about it, you know, if you're going to if you're going to go in the octagon, get ready to fight. And I don't mean physically, but to, to deal with you might have to cut people off or you might have to take it or you might have to be, you know, uh, 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 or, or find out you really don't give a fuck. Whatever it is, the minute you open your mouth, get ready to know what it comes with. And um, oh, yeah. that's what I try to do. I really don't get political. Same thing where like, I try to keep away from religion. I'm a, I'm a religious guy. I don't believe in everything with the church, but I believe in God. But I don't get into to that because 
who am I to tell you, you know, anything? If you, you say I, you believe in a head of lettuce, uh, who am I mm-hmm. to tell you, you know, mine's better than you? Don't, I don't care. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. If we're talking about religion, then I want to know. But I don't get into that because I know, like politics, it gets Keeps dirty. Life. And you know how it is. You got to give a disclaimer with everything you do because, you know, not that, that you got to care, but, you know, and I, like on this platform, it's, I do it to entertain and also to keep the history of our world alive. So I try yeah. to get old friends, OGs in the game and, and ask guys like you that I'm a fan of, of questions I always wanted to know. And There's I know- There's all sorts of colors in this thing. Like a lot yeah. of people don't realize in New York, the way we were raised, nigga wasn't straight up a black thing. And whether yeah. you say nigga or nigger, the accent yeah. just comes out as nigga. Yeah. And, and a nigga was a low life, you know yeah. what I mean? A nigga is like a condom. It comes in many shapes yes. and many colors. You know what I mean? Like you can be down Canal Street and having a problem with, an, you know, a Cantonese yeah. or Mandarin yeah. guy. And, you you know, he just like, he's <laughs> like a nigga. Yeah, check this out. So I know, and it's, it's again. That's a, that's a word that's very hard to handle yeah. in our thing now. And, and, if, I, and if you want to say yeah. something like all lives matter, it yes. upsets people because yes. like, what it, that sounds racist. You, you know what I, what, I know what somebody I who said that, I'm sorry. I know somebody no, no, who said I, that. It's what, what I learned that is the, 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 the generate, you know, this is something that I had to realize. And then I when once I realized it, it, it helped me not get so frustrated with fucking what, 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 what the newer generation is. We grew up in a different time with different codes. Unfortunately, it ain't like that today. But I understand what the older cats used to tell us. You know, oh, you kids with this crazy, you don't know, blah, 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 blah. And now we're doing that. But I get it now. It's like, it's like um, the, the wider picture gets more and narrow and narrower, narrower every generation. You know well, what I mean? Your, your actions make waves. You and I yeah. know people whose actions in the wrong place at the wrong time ruined their lives, whether they got seriously hurt or they seriously hurt someone or killed them and had to go away and face that time. You know, uh, it's also making the choices of your lifestyle and what you want to do behind closed doors. You know, um, you know, you might like this girl, but you know, you're having fun with her and then all of a sudden, you know, she gets pregnant. Now you have life changes and, and you have to come yeah. to terms with that man up. And a lot of men aren't men like you who have a family and you're raising that family. A lot of dudes just jump out and run from that. Yeah. You know, everything we do has a reaction, you know, without getting into too philosophical shit. And all we can offer most people is the advice that we've learned from our own experiences. Exactly. You know, it is exactly. what it is. And, you know. And I understand the thing about keeping it light. Sometimes I, you know, I'm a shit talker. I'm a big guy. So, you know. No, I, no. And, 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 I run again, my mouth for I, a living. No, I and run I don't my mouth for a living. And don't get me wrong. I always want people to speak their mind, even if it's against something like, I won't say, all right, yeah, let's not talk about it because I don't do, um, uh, uh, you know, po- politics. Let's not get into it. No, we could get into it. But I, I, one, I'm not a politician. I have my own beliefs or whatever. But, I, you know, I would do that more 
you know, let's talk shit if I'm texting you. Yeah, motherfucker, all right. You know, when we're doing this, I try to keep every, because you know what, in my, you know how it is in a household, one person is one thing, the next person is another thing. It, it brings families apart, let alone, you know what I mean? Let alone, and I'm like, you know what? Especially it's right not now. that important. To, it's important, don't get me wrong, but it's not that important to me where I want to lose my friends because right now the hot topic is is, is elections for the for, yeah. for a year and then what i'm gonna lose a friend that i had for fucking 20 years for for two three years of bullshit or whatever it be you know what i mean it's like yeah. i see a no, big I, I say you know you like chocolate ice cream i you know i like vanilla or, all right i'm gonna hate you know whatever you know we I put up my, my foot in my mouth I put my foot in my mouth a lot, but I've also grown up and it, it, what you're telling me is the same thing I'm gonna say. You think before you open your mouth. Yes, yes. If, if, Consideration, if like, respect. Say this. Why am I gonna say this and hurt their feelings and- Yeah, 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 you know, I, exactly. in the room. Now, like, now, if the platform is this, like, if I was like, yo, Eddie, I, I want you on my podcast because we're gonna have, a, it's a political podcast. Okay, now, now we're gonna go in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, but I, I I do touch because obviously it's it's part of life right now. All this, you know, if it's the COVID thing, it leads into, you know, the climate of the uh, of the world right now, which involves, you know, politics because of work and blah, blah, blah. So I try to skim through it. And, you know, everybody's the same. How did COVID affect you? You know, we all know. I mean, it's got to get talked about, but it's so... It's so 2020 already to me. I'm so ready to be like, okay, what's happening now? What's cracking? Well, it is 2021. We're in the first full week of 2021. And it's yeah. amazing that we're not past this. Like we've hit three waves that became, you know. Yeah. Tsunami, tidal wave to an even bigger tidal wave. And that's why everybody's upset. You know, yeah. we've had a derelict in chief who didn't yeah. do anything. He calls it Operation Warp Speed. It's Operation Warped Speed. <laughs> he didn't do anything. And like even yesterday, what he what he did with his cult of Kool-Aid drinkers and racist types that are just using him as an agenda to push their foul rhetoric, it, it, it's just causing so much just want to get with their lives you know there's there's kids COVID, but by the grace of god she was asymptomatic yeah so she didn't get sick at all my mom is you know type 2 diabetic high blood pressure she suffers from clotting you know if she would have gotten sick by this thing it would have been a wrap for her yeah. I've traveled north every month or so. I do everything to make sure I'm not bringing this shit home to, to my in-laws and family. Yeah. You know, at the same time. And, and it's just a fucked up way to live because it's almost like the zombie apocalypse. But, you know, the people that get sick aren't eating flesh. They're just choking. Yeah. yeah no, you know? no. This, and, this, and, and, and yeah. you know. No, no, this whole shit, it, movie, it, it's, a, it's a crazy time in the, on, the, on the planet Earth, for sure. You know, it's a crazy time. And we're learning how to, um, now it's showing the people that are, you're going to see people that are the type that are just going to lay down and die. And then other people that are going to have to adapt and overcome because we're living in a new world. Even going back to normal will never be the normal it was of 2019. Yeah. So, but um, 
the good part about it, that it, it re either the two things, it either started killing people slowly like a chemotherapy or it started pumping life into people where people started getting their life back together. If it's the health wise being creative with their jobs or with their relationships or whatever. And for me, I basically, you know, got my, 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 my lifestyle better. You know, I just focus on my children and my music. I always did, but now I focus on my health more and I got my health intact and focused on my music and, and, and all that shit. And, um, and it had me, it gave me the focus to relaunch the podcast, which I've been wanting to do for years, which I love doing. And what better time than now to, to keep feeding our world. And when I say feeding our world is like, uh, not just me personally, all of us with keeping the whole soul of our movement alive by, you know, doing these podcasts, putting out, uh, you know, uh, online sessions, putting out merch, you know, different platforms of guys from our world. Cause we come from a special, a special world that came from the trenches and still in the trenches, but it could survive through anything. We, you know, you know, better than anybody, this music came up when people didn't want to hear this music. We found places to play. If it was a garage or, a, you know, an abandoned building or, you know what I mean? We made it happen, but it got people motivated. What, 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 what do we got for 2021? What we got, what kind of Eddie Leeway we got? What, what's going to happen with Eddie Leeway? What, what do you, what's cracking for 2021? Talking about all of that. Let me, let me go through some of that. I love this content. I know you've been trying to get it steady and you've been going at it in different ways. I remember you doing like the blunt casts and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember when you were having fun with it, you, it was just you and your boys gabbing and bullshitting, you know, Diablo's got his podcast. I've been trying to really make this happen since January last year as well, but the but the pandemic shut all of that down. This either makes people lay down and die or you find the courage to step up, stand up and adapt. And that's, that's the key to life is, is tackling your challenges and adapting to the environment that you're in. Uh, that said, uh, musically, since, you know, uh, at my age and everything like that, um, there's a lot of things that I'm looking to do that's kind of bucket list. Bro, I, you, you know, I'm somebody who loves R&B music. I wanted to take the sound of great 70s songs and incorporate them with a more rock yeah. energized arrangement. So, you know, I've been waiting patiently to have the opportunity to work with the original bass player of Scream from D.C., now, most people know him as Skeeter Thompson, but, you know, he's older than me. He goes by the name of Enoch, Enoch, you know, and we've been back and forth talking about making something happen. But this goddamn pandemic has kept us at bay for the whole 10 months. Yeah. You know? Now, that said, uh, with my people, I'm looking to do a live album of like, you know, the, the leeway songs, not so much the greatest hits, but the ones I enjoy doing, not just the greatest hits in most minds, but the songs that I do, I want to reissue that. Uh, I've had a beef with Tom from that bullshit label out in Belgium, him and AJ, 
you know, made this reissue plan that didn't really include me. I tried to go along to get along, but, you know, I, I felt like I was bullshitted and I'm the only one out there busting my ass. And that's the problem with these labels, man. The accounting always seems off. Yeah, I feel you. And I'm, I, know what crea- I know what creative accounting is. So I know when I'm being bullshitted or not. And um, they've just done a lot of things without my inclusion. So I'm just going to do my thing within the realm of the legal way and, and, and do it legally. And one way I can do it is by re-recording these songs live. Whoever, gotcha. owns right, whoever owns the rights to the first two albums can't come after me as long as I'm paying the publishing out. You know what I mean? And nobody else who you know, is, is leaving me out of the picture can bitch and moan that I left them out of the picture. You know what yeah. I mean? This is my opportunity, like with this media thing, to basically get my story out. And, and you know, I'm the one that's still keeping this legacy alive. I should yeah. be given a little more respect, but you can't keep trying to stick an olive branch out and get your hand smacked again and again. You know what I mean? What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. You know, every time you try, you're just going to be looked at and not taken seriously. You know, I guess they want to believe I'm the same person when I was sick 30 years ago. Yeah. So be it. I don't have time to, you know, convince them anymore. I've tried to get in the room. I've tried to settle it. And I'm not going to do it like the way uh, other bands in our thing have had their soap opera with the two main egos clashing back and forth saying nonsense. One says all the nonsense, the other one bites his tongue, except for certain times he needs to speak his mind. You know, and I'm not, I don't want to play that. I, I, yeah. I really just want to move forward, do my thing, you know, just like everybody else, let them do their thing, you know? Yeah. So you're going to reissue I, now. You're not Say that again. I'm sorry. I've been blessed with an instant family. I've been blessed with an instant family last two and a half years ago. Uh, I've got a wonderful woman in my life. I plan on marrying. She has two wonderful children. I was always afraid of raising kids because I never wanted to fail my children. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah of and, course. You know, when you can't support and raise them, especially if you and the baby mama doesn't stay together, it becomes very contemptuous. ugly environment and it affects the kids more than everyone else but now i'm given this opportunity to be like a surrogate father and stepdad and and uh i'm excited and 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 i feel like i'm more than ready to be in that role now so i want that's that's what a key part of my focus and energy is on right now you know besides besides being me you know yeah yeah so CasaTheRock.com Home of that fly DIY You want to support the show? Go cop some merch right now We got a lot of new t-shirts, shorts, and caps available Everything is made in-house By your boy on the spot So show some love Support the movement CasaTheRock.com is the spot The next, because uh, people, I know a lot of people are also wondering Like, um, with the band Because 
Oh, so who's who's gonna be recording those songs? Who's whenever you do the lee the Eddie the, the leeway NYC stuff, the Eddie Leeway stuff? Who's who's who who the guys you have playing? I know some of the guys. Right now, I have the opportunity. There's a band out of Long Island called Damn Your Eyes. Ironically, the two guitar players used to play with Harley, and uh -huh. you know, Gabby and Artie, and uh, they. They are doing this other band, and I discussed an idea and plan. Artie's played with me. Gabby played with AJ and Pokey and me uh, decades ago. You know, so the idea is to let Damn Your Eyes do their set, and then they would be my band for my set. But as far as, and, and you know, the idea is to find the same like-minded gotcha. guy to help me with the live album and have guest guitar players do the leads. You yeah. know what I mean? That's cool. That way there's a lot. Of play. I'm trying to show people, I'm trying to show people, it doesn't matter who's in the band with me orchestrating these songs, that we can kick it and we have fun and we have the energy to do it. Because yeah. when you have positive energy in a band, it definitely carries over into the work. Of course. Whether you're playing tracks, or you play in live. And, yeah. and this is more fun to me than the stress, bullshit, and drama I went through with the original team. You know, people just grow up. This is what happens with bands. It's, yep. it's, it's a rock and roll cliche, like becoming a drug addict. I was a rock and roll cliche. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what people expect from singers and frontmen half the time. So, yeah. you know, for now, just being older and wiser, you know, this is where I want to go. And I have these opportunities. Um, you know, I'd still love to work with Dan Nastasi. You know what I mean? And, and Enoch is somebody I'm really dying to take challenges and do different styles and sounds with. So I've got a lot of opportunities. I'm really just waiting for this thing to pass and the warm weather come so we all can start seeing each other, playing out together, celebrating this thing, celebrating life and survival. And, and I think it's going to be very, very easy uh, for that energy to, to help all of us create some incredible things. You know I agree, I, mean? I agree. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm glad I got I'll you, man. You know, no, I had you on, I made a list. When I started doing the podcast again, I had made a list of guys I wanted to get, and you were on that original list. So I was I was glad to be able to find you. And I know you've been on and off social media, and then I didn't see you on for a second. So I was going down through my list, and then the New Year's came, and then I was like, I saw something pop up. I said, now's my time to get them. So I started reaching out, trying to catch you up, and I was like... Uh, Zach, I, Zach Cohen is somebody I always pick up the phone for, of course. Yeah. You know, we, we did Truth and Rights together. That's a phenomenal fucking CD. That Shout out to my bro, Zach. Zach. I know Zach. That's my little brother. I don't even want to say little brother like that, but I know him since he's a young, young buck. Oh, he's, he's, another, he's another generation. You know what I mean? Agents of Man is one of my favorite bands. You know, um, the, the fact that I got to work with Ray and Zach and... Georgie Puda was was a staunch supporter yep. of, of Truth and Rights. And, and I really wanted that to take off. I really wanted to have a whole new fresh start. Yeah. But I'm doing the leeway stuff. And, yeah. you know, 
in order to finance another project, Leeway gave me an opportunity to, to you know, compensate, yeah. get decent plays, guys that I enjoy playing with, at, you know, like Manny Pasta, Dimmy, you know, Dank from Whiplash, yeah. Mark Thousands, who's more of an acoustic songwriter, but played with some of the bands that we're familiar with. Like all phenomenal musicians and you know, we all got along the majority of the time, you know what I mean? But the business end always bugs me the fuck out. So, you know, sometimes it's difficult to be around me, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and it's hard to it's hard to compensate everybody for their it's, time because it's rough. Real. Even a hundred bucks a show, you can be making more money, you know, putting in windows in an apartment yeah. complex. Yeah, you know no, it's mean? a it's it's a rough, that. it's a rough gig being a musician. Then it still is, especially if you're a hardcore band. But we out here grinding, Eddie. I'm glad I was able to catch you. Like I said, I had you on my list, so I was glad to catch you. And I haven't seen you in a minute, so it's good. And you look good, bro. I was gotta say, you, you know, your face, yeah, your beard, you look You know what I mean? And I'm gonna let everybody know before we get out of here where they could catch you if they want to follow you or what's cracking. You know what? What any um social media? Let let people know what's up and what to look out for. On Instagram, on Instagram, it's e d d i e underscore leeway. Eddie underscore leeway. That's Instagram. I mean, I'm on Facebook with the Eddie Sutton page, but really just to post information and shit like that. Um. You know, at home, I've, I've got Carolee and the kids. I buy and sell baseball cards. You know what I mean? That's that's a lot of what I did during the hobby. I went back to my youth thing. I'm having yeah. fun with that. What's up, everybody? We back. Eddie got cut off, you know, while we were signing out. A little bit of technical difficulties. But, yo, you can catch him on Instagram and Facebook. Eddie underscore Leeway. Um, Eddie Sutton, Eddie Leeway. Google it. Catch him. Shout out to everybody who's been tuning in. Look out for our next episode and make sure you sign, you subscribe, you tune in, spread the word. Yo, we out.